You're listening to the official podcast of the Libertarian Party of Georgia. Learn about local issues, meet candidates, and find out what we're doing to bring more options to Georgia voters. Now here's your host. Hello and welcome to the Georgia Liberty Cast. I'm your host, Ryan Graham, and I have with me today again, Laura Williams. Thanks so much for joining us. If this is your first time downloading, we appreciate you giving us a shot. And if you're a habitual downloader or a fan of the podcast, we are even more grateful for your support. Absolutely. So um, let's go ahead and jump into this. And uh, I, I apologize in advance uh, because I got kind of sick of coronavirus news, but um, the news is just so big now and is affecting so many of our lives. I think we're not going to be able to get away from it. And this probably is labeled something. The title of this is probably something to do with coronavirus at this point, because um, that is mostly what we're going to talk about. <clears throat> so the fr- we'll go ahead and dive right into LP Georgia news. As always, we still have our ballot access lawsuit. We still need donations. Um, we're still working on that. So if you go to lpgeorgia.com, you click on the donate now for the, the help fund our ballot access lawsuit right at the very top of the page. You can make a donation directly to that. Um, and all funds raised that way will be used for our ballot access lawsuit. And then just a little bit of, uh, housekeeping is, uh, last week we, we mentioned that we were hosting, co-hosting a Talk Justice Tuesday, um, on March 17th, which is on Tuesday. Um, but that has been canceled, um, with the legislative session being delayed, uh, suspended, which we'll talk about in here in a little bit, um. So the event's canceled. We may reschedule. We may not. Uh, just depends on what it looks like. Uh, we just haven't determined yet. But it was going to be the final days of the 2020 Georgia legislative session, which is hilarious because Thursday was crossover day, which means the halfway point. Right. <laughs> right. I, I think the intention of the event coordinators was to say what remains to be done while there was still time to do something about it. Right. <clears throat> so... I mean, I, I sort of understand it from their point of view, although it does sound a little fatalistic to say the last days. Uh, yeah, yes. Well, that they didn't really know that this was going to be what was happening. So. Oh, no, not end of days. Yeah. I meant last days of the session. It, yeah. it sounds like there was not a lot of time to change things when, in fact, we could have made a difference. Um, perhaps we still will with the extended timeline. Yeah. So, I mean, there were a couple of things. It's not even just that they're suspended now. They... um Earlier in the session, they suspended the session for, I think, a week or a week and a half um, to work on the budget uh, mm-hmm. as that the issues that they needed to work out with that as the governor and the um, house kind of went back and forth on the, those changes. So it's just going to be a long legislative session and there's not really a whole lot that we can do about it. Um, in other LP Georgia news, we have two candidates who are, oh, well, um, yeah, so that's 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 actually the big news that uh, Laura let drop on accident on the last podcast. Whoops. But um, you know, it was a it was it was all but official. Danny Dolan has been endorsed uh, to run for uh, the Fayette County Board of Education and District One, <clears throat> but uh, he's running as an independent. Uh, he's very active in the Libertarian Party, but he didn't decide to run until after our convention. The law says you got to run, you got to nominate a convention for political bodies. And so he didn't, he doesn't get an L next to his name, but he's got the full support of the party behind him. Absolutely. Um, so the interesting thing about that is, is, is he still has to petition to get on the ballot as an independent. 
Uh, it's no difference between libertarian and, and independence. And, yeah, you and, have to be willing to put an R or a D next to your name to avoid the ballot requirement. Correct. And Danny Dolan is all class and will not stoop to that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, so <clears throat> he and Martin are the ones who need to petition right now. That's Martin Cowan. Martin Cowan, Cowan for Congress, yeah. 13th District. <laughs> That's right. Keeping me honest. <laughs> I, I am very optimistic about the possibility of new listeners, that's all. So, um, as, as I mentioned, a lot of this is going to be about coronavirus, and um, that has basically stopped all, all petitioning, right? Like, so you have, you have clipboards and pens, and people are going door-to-door using the same pens to sign, and we basically said, you don't want to be doing that. Right. I know Danny did order a rather large shipment of disposable pens that he is willing to give away if he is allowed to petition. So far, I think he's chosen not to. But in the days uh, ahead, if he has a chance to petition, he will be leaving the pens behind everywhere he goes. So we have a question out to the Secretary of State's office about, you know, what what can happen. Mm -hmm. And there is actually in the Georgia Code, there's something that says that in in the um, in if there's a state of emergency, which there currently is a national state of emergency, there will be a state state of emergency, a Georgia state of emergency, um, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, and so they said that they can extend the qualifying periods up to 45 days. So I think that that could be relief, but we don't know how long this this is going right. to affect us. Right. You know? I mean, this could go all the way until those 45 days are done. Absolutely. And so we're asking, uh, we're asking them what, you know, what their thoughts are on a solution. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, National is helping us craft a letter to send to the Secretary of State's office asking them to waive all requirements for petitioning just for 2020, um, which would affect all political body and independent, uh, candidates. Uh, right. Of- it would not just be a libertarian thing. It would be <clears throat> anybody who has to petition to qualify. Correct. Correct. So, um, the National Party Which is, is also what our ballot access lawsuit would do. Yes. It does not just remove the restrictions for libertarians, but in fact opens the field to multiple kinds of third party and fourth and fifth party. And as many as they want. <laughs> we've we've made it a priority not to make this about the Libertarian Party because we believe in ballot access. We don't believe in libertarian ballot access. Right. We believe in ballot access. That's that's a First Amendment right to be able to get on the ballot. And to be, and as a voter, to be able to vote for somebody who you want to vote for. And so the lesser of two evils doesn't, doesn't do it. Right. And lim- you've made the point in the past that limiting the people who can appear on the ballot is just a different form of voter suppression. Right. So, um, we're asking them to waive all the requirements or we're going to ask them. I, I hope to send that letter out tomorrow, uh, or the next day. We'll see. And, um, and see where they go with that. But, you know, we're hoping that it yeah, this works would out. be an opportunity for them to self-correct. I don't know if they'll take it. What do you mean? Um, the right thing to do is to waive the ballot access re- petitioning requirements altogether. That right. if we can convince them under extraordinary circumstances to do it for one year, we sort of give them the opportunity to acknowledge that it's. Um, not serving the purpose that it was intended to serve. Well, I suppose it is. The purpose it was intended to serve was to keep communists off right. the ballot. Communists will not be on the ballot this year. <laughs> um, all right. So we'll go ahead and move right along to the mainstream news. Um, so as, as I mentioned before, the legislative session has been canceled. Um, and Or not canceled. <laughs> Suspended. Whoa. Suspended. 
indefinitely. We should be so lucky. (laughs) Suspended indefinitely. Um, Funny enough, though, uh, and we will get to this in a very short amount of time, um, the governor on Friday, after they concluded their session, or, uh, you know, not adjourned, but suspended their, their session, um, said that they were all going to be back on Monday at 8 a.m. to ratify his state of emergency because they've got to ratify it. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, they were all like, well, health concerns, we should really stay home. And the governor's like, yeah, yeah, but you're going to come back on Monday. Oh, good. <laughs> so that's what we're dealing with there. Um, and then in more coronavirus news, Governor Kemp was approved um, to take $100 million out of Georgia's rainy day fund to work on efforts with coronavirus in the state. But there is actually no specified expenditures in that request that just got approved because, you know, what's $100 million? Well, to be fair, this counts as a rainy day. Uh, yeah, but I'd like to know what, what yes. specific action items. Whether it was going to do any good at all. Right. Yeah. You know, within the Libertarian Party of Georgia, when I want to spend money on something, I don't say I need a hundred bucks. I say I need a hundred bucks to do this thing, you know? Yeah. And then submit it for approval. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then the executive committee approves it. And so, or, or does or it. Doesn't, what a, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Usually we got your back. <laughs> I'm okay at this idea. <laughs> Coming up with ideas for, for spending the money because uh, we don't have a ton. So it's always good to be prudent. That's right. Um, so the other things that happened, uh, he, uh, Governor Kemp activated 2,000 National Guard troops. So that's fun. Um, no telling what that's for necessarily either. Um, I think that the stated purpose was transportation of goods across the state and helping move people around that need to be moved, um, and, you know, that may not be able to as well. So I, it, it was very nebulous, you know? Sure. Yeah. $100 million and a whole bunch of essentially federal troops. Right. We don't know what is intended. Exactly. Um, so the other, the other weird thing is um, hard labor Creek state park has mm-hmm. been set up as a um, official quarantine. So people that have been uh, tested positive for coronavirus are being moved to hard labor Creek state park. You'd think you, you would pick one with a different name, right? If you're going to inter people, <laughs> I know, but you I wouldn't pick hard labor. <laughs> the funny thing, though, is like I I don't even see it as that because uh, Georgia State, where I'm an alumni or alumnus at, uh, they have an observatory there, and so I always heard about it in terms of the observatory, and I just like have totally you've lost the association with hard labor. With hard labor, interesting. Yeah. 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 So um, it's not as big of a deal to me, but I you know if I look at it critically, I can be like, yeah, maybe we should rename that. Yeah. Because there's probably a reason it's named that. Or it functions as a memorial. I mean, I've never been there. Perhaps Did they we are... stop doing the hard labor thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Depends on who you are. Right. But no. No, we <clears throat> have not stopped. We probably stopped putting them to work in national parks, state parks. All right. So, um, and then the, what I alluded to earlier was Governor Kemp has, um, has declared a medical state of emergency, which is the first time in Georgia history that this has been done. Um, and the legislators have to come back Monday at 8 a.m. to ratify it. Uh, the Senate and the House have to ratify it. So uh, this leads to some pretty interesting things. And I want to thank uh, Jessica Salaji of All on Georgia for putting it together about all of the different powers that Governor Kemp will have mm-hmm. uh, once the state of emergency is ratified. So we'll just go through the list. 
uh, he will assume direct operational control of all civil forces and helpers in the state. So he will immediately just have the power to command. And I don't know what a civil force is. And I don't know what a, what a, I don't know if it's a civil helper or just a helper. I mean, who's, we're all helpers. Yeah, what right? are we modifying here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm on dangling modifier patrol in the Georgia code. Um, so the, the, the next two are kind of go together and I'm just going to read them and then we can react to them. Seize, take, seize, take for temporary use or condemn property for the protection of the public in accordance with the condemnation proceedings as provided by law. Yeah. All you preppers. Your property... They could just take it. ...just became uh, optional to be taken by the state and redistributed in some way that they think is helpful. It's for the protection of the public. They can do it. As long as they and, can and reasonably how would, make that Yeah, how argument. would you ever assess that in, yeah. in a state of emergency, whether it's necessary or... So then the next one is to sell, lend, give, or distribute all or any such property among the inhabitants of the state and to account to the proper agency for any funds received for the property. So they're allowed to just take it and give it to whomever. Mm-hmm. Private, public, doesn't matter. They can just take it and give it. Radical redistribution. <clears throat> yep. Now legal. At the whim of one person at the top. Mm-hmm. So the next thing here is issue orders for quarantines and vaccination programs by way of authorizing the Department of Public Health to coordinate all matters pertaining to the response of the state to a public health emergency without limitation. Yikes. Yeah. So mandatory qu- quarantines, mandatory vaccinations, again, all in the hands of one person, Governor Kemp. I don't know if mandatory vaccinations is covered there. Issue orders for vaccination programs. To me, that sounds like he can set up vaccination programs and possibly force people to staff them. Yeah. Whether he could enforce a rule on vaccination itself. It's a little, it's a little ambiguous. And, and intentionally so. Yeah. yeah. Well, they've never used it. Written as broadly as humanly possible. Yeah. So the next one on here is suspend any regulatory statute prescribing the procedures for conduct of state business if strict compliance would in any way prevent, hinder, or delay necessary action in coping with the emergency. Generally, we're okay with that. Yeah, this one I'm good with. I, I just think... If Roll you, back your own bad ideas if they're standing in the way. If, yeah, if Feel you, free. If you admit that it stands in the way of a healthy market, so you roll it back, why do we have it, right? We should be looking at every single regulation that gets rolled back national level and the state level because they're doing it at the national level right now too and we should decide whether or not we need them and people around this table and listening to this podcast probably would assume no right most of the things serve the limited purpose probably for a lobbyist so the next thing on this list is utilize all available resources of the state government and of each political subdivision of the state as reasonably necessary to cope with the emergency or disaster so I read that as he is allowed to take the resources of literally any portion of the budget for any... Right. City, township, jurisdiction. The state government. So I don't know if that counts. State government would be, you know, Department of Public Health, like it said. Any part or of the state. Any part of the state I government. See. I see. So anything that's allocated to, you know, state funds that are allocated can just be reallocated magically even though that's not the power of the governor in yeah. regular times, he can just do it now. As long as it's for the emergency. He has a very large magic wand right now. Well, we're not even halfway <laughs> done, so... Um, yeah, I know. Um, 
The next one on here is to commandeer or utilize any private property if he finds this necessary to cope with the emergency or disaster. California just repossessed a hotel, which is now a quarantine. Oh, man. Well, at least we picked a state park. It's already theirs. That's fair. Um, But yeah, so I mean, this goes hand in hand with the they can take your property instead of taking it. They can just commandeer it for the time being. Give it right back after the emergency. Maybe. If If you can prove it was yours. Yeah, right. Um, The next one on here, compel a healthcare facility to provide services or the use of its facility if such services or use are reasonable and necessary for emergency response. So a healthcare facility is not does not provide services. People provide services. They do so inside of a healthcare facility. And so are we saying that he can walk into a building and command doctors yes. to do you, whatever? And for free. And for free. Yep. Yeah. So we've... You work for the state now. Literally enslaved doctors. Mm, we've authorized the enslavement of doctors. Correct. So far we've not done We didn't do that yet. Yeah. We'll, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt until it happens. Yeah. But I'm not optimistic. All right, the next thing, direct and compel the evacuation of all or part of the population from any stricken or threatened area. So get out of this area. Literally, you can just clear out a city if Mm -hmm. you'd like. Mm -hmm. Suspend or limit the sale, dispensing, or transportation of alcoholic beverages, explosives, or combustibles. What? Can you see the reasoning behind that at all? Not not particularly. Yeah, you could stop selling alcohol or stop the... Distribution of alcohol. I don't understand why that's even included in here. It seems completely irrelevant. Agreed. (laughs) Except that they are highly regulated industries already. Yeah. Where it wouldn't be hard to ramp up control. But we've already established that any private business or property is subject to commandeering, which makes this sort of redundant. That's true. That's true. You would just commandeer it and stop doing it, right? Right. Yeah. Um, All right, so the next one on here, make provision for the availability and use of temporary emergency housing. There's there's absolutely, I guess it gives him a leeway to decide what the temporary emergency housing looks like. Because is it tense? Is it, I guess it could be commandeering our homes. Sure. Yeah, could be anything. Yeah. And only under this very, so that's one of the, that's uh, rarely am I going to say I favor more pu- more power, but if you have the power to do that during an emergency, why aren't you doing it the rest of the time? What? Uh, providing authorization for emergency housing for mm. people who don't have housing. Yeah, that's true. Like, if you give yourself the power to do this, there are lots of people in Woodruff Park tonight. Just, Who would be very interested in that power? It just depends on what it looks like, you know? Right. So the next. Yeah, and, and are you allowed to leave? <laughs> or does your temporary housing have barbed wire around it? Well, they can quarantine you, so. Yep. And evacuate you. Yeah. God, this is some scary stuff. Uh, we're, we are almost done, though. So, uh, but the last one is sort of the scariest one when combined with everything. This is the second to last one. Transfer money from any available funds in the state treasury. If sufficient funds are not already available, so that sort of goes hand in hand with that other uh, one where if it's allocated to another fund, then it just yeah. it seems a little redundant. But and then finally, uh, anyone working under the directive of the emergency declaration is free of any potential liability of their actions. Oh, good. Yeah, 
Yeah. Let's make qualified immunity as broad as humanly possible so that no one can be held accountable. How insane is that? Great. I mean, like, because everyone who's helping, everyone who is acting in, under these directives is a good actor, apparently. They're, they're all good guys, right? <laughs> I mean, is that what we're assuming? I think that is what the state always assumes with regard to its own actors. That's why you can't sue the police or prosecutors or all kinds of other people that we know violate people's rights. Yeah. They're completely unaccountable by design. So taken as a whole, it's pretty, pretty scary stuff, honestly, to be centering this power. And we've, we know we've been seeing um, other States tonight, really, I think Ohio and California closed a bunch of businesses. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know California closed all their bars, wineries, and some other gathering space. And Ohio did something very similar. Ireland um, closed their pubs. I don't believe you. Serious Here's business. A, I need a citation needed. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that. Um, the good news is this is only in effect until at most 30 days when it must be redeclared and re-ratified by both houses in the General Assembly. That's a little bit good, right? If he goes a little crazy, at least there's some kind of expiration on this. It'll run out and um, they can stop it. So... Oh, I'm seeing I'm a citation. Providing your citation. Now. Oh my gosh. But it's the New York Post. It's probably fake news. Yeah, okay. Reuters, BBC. Reuters? I mean, who are they? Yep. <clears throat> Obviously fake news. BBC, that's state I, run. I think it's voluntary in quotes. It's like highly, highly suggested. <laughs> that's funny. Um,. So the declaration, those were all the things in the Georgia Code. The declaration also included a couple more statements, um, declarations, I suppose. Mm. Um, The first one's a little boring. Uh, Directs GEMA, which is Georgia FEMA, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And the Georgia Department of Public Health, among other things, to coordinate protocols and response efforts within the state and and within other states to manage quarantine efforts to monitor and to monitor suspected cases. So it's really just directs them to do their job. Yep. I made fun of a lot of people for their FEMA camp <clears throat> stuff. I know. A couple of years ago. Turns out it's going to be a GEMA camp. Seems highly relevant. <laughs> um, he also uh, added suspends restrictions on hours of commercial vehicle operation and vehicle height, weight, weight length thresholds. So like right now. Good. Exactly. Shouldn't have that rule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's one that, that if you're rolling back that it makes a lot of sense to just go ahead and get rid of. So, um, it authorizes the General Composite Medical Board and Georgia Board of Nursing to grant temporary licenses to applicants who are in good standing in other states to assist in addressing healthcare needs. So, we're basically going to, um, uh, uh, what's the word when you, uh, when you let licensing in one state exist in the other one? I'm reciprocity. Reciprocity. Yep. So, we're basically uh, putting in reciprocity for nurses, which is just a hell of a good idea. Yes. Just do that. Do that. <laughs> All the time. But then they wouldn't get their licensing fee. I know. Well, actually, and they're still granting the licenses. They're just saying, once you have this, we're just not going to make you go through the thing. So they're still getting temporary licenses. They're still getting applicants, which Mm. means they're still getting their fees. Um, And then it also mandates that all local and state entities comply with the governor's order. Yeah. All right. Well, duh. Um, So that is... Everything I have in coronavirus news. Yay, let's move on. Wow. Yeah. So um, we like to make it a point to go over legislation. This stuff is, um, 
obviously been a little overshadowed right now with all of the news that we just went over. Um, but Thursday was still crossover day. Crossover day is the halfway point in the yearly General Assembly session where basically if a bill doesn't make it from the House to the Senate or doesn't get passed in the House or the Senate to get then considered Bumped by the, the other, other one, yeah. then it's too late. Nothing gets crossed. Nothing crosses from the House to the Senate or the Senate to the House after crossover day. We know what bills exist. Now, there are things like, and there's nothing this year, like yet on this, but there are such things as like zombie bills. So you think something didn't make it. They basically carve out all of the text of something that did make it and then fill it with all the words from the other text. And that's called a zombie bill. add something completely unrelated to some bill that did make it. Yeah. You know, tack on an amendment that gets done something from a bill that didn't get done. So you get some weird stuff like like um, the gambling didn't make it through, but we could still technically, that's one that's like kind of a hot button issue right now that mm-hmm. could still make it, I think, um, in something like some form like that. Um, and then <clears throat> just want to go over a couple of the bills that we had, you know, that we already discussed. So HB 994 was that horrible gang bill that uh, expanded the definition of a gang. Um, you can see, I think it was like two episodes ago we talked about it right. really in depth. 33 new crimes for which minors could be tried as adults yeah. and fast-tracked into the adult penal system, including the death penalty. I think that came down to a single digit. I don't remember how many of the 33 I deleted those show notes because I didn't expect to get too deep into it since we did before. Sure. But, um, so I don't it got whittled down a details. lot. It, it did get not whittled. nearly as bad as it could have been. Still it's a bad still bill. pretty bad. <laughs> um, and the bad news is it passed the House. So it is. it will be considered by the Senate. Uh, well, I guess it, it could be considered by the Senate. They, they could technically just ignore it, but I doubt they will. Um, and then the Forum Act, which was SB 318 and HB 995, which was the one that eliminated free speech zones at universities and ensured... By expanding the free speech zone to all of campus. To, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And also ensured freedom of association for clubs to decide their own criteria for membership. Um, the House bill did not pass, did not come up for, for a vote even. The Senate bill, however, did. So it crossed over, and I guess that's sometimes how this happens. So we'll see how that goes, but it is moving along, uh, and we're pretty happy about that. And then SB 288 was an an expansion of expungement. So it allowed individuals to restrict and seal up to two misdemeanors. A single felony conviction could be restricted and sealed, as long as it's not a violent offense. Yeah, and after some period of years and full completion of the sentence. Right, right. And then it also, um, very importantly, I think, uh, provided liability protections to employers who hire those who are formerly incarcerated. Right. So somebody... If you take a risk on somebody who used to be incarcerated, you have some protections uh, should something later go wrong. Well, and so we've heard um, there's a there's a ban the box movement, right? Which is basically there's right. a box on your job employment application that says, have you ever been convicted of a felony? And they want to ban that question. And, you know, the libertarian answer is, well, you can't stop people from asking questions or associating freely with who they want to. But what you'll hear sort of behind the scenes is that these small businesses would like to hire people right. who, have, who have committed felonies, but they they're afraid that if something happens, they, they'll be liable. Yeah, you knew. Here it is on his form. Right. He checked this box and you mm-hmm. hired him anyway, so 
Yeah. So, yeah. so this is, I think, you know, providing that protection is, is the good libertarian answer to this mm-hmm. because it solves both those problems. It allows you to ask the question and then allows you to hire the person anyway. Right. Cause I'm like, don't ask the question if you don't want to ask the question. But then if something happens, they'll be like, you didn't ask the question. Right. And I, it matters a lot what field you are in. Like some, some people will always ask the question and have no choice but to ask the question. Right. Healthcare or you're handling, you know, somebody's finances or, and you have a fraud conviction that, that will come up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Nope. You don't get to work with our bank data. Sorry. <laughs> you burned that particular bridge, but you could go be an electrician. Right. <clears throat> so moving on from the legislation, if anyone has anything that they want to want us to, to hear us talk about, um, email podcast at lpgeorgia.com. If you're interested in the rest of the bills that we have an eye on, uh, lpgeorgia.com slash legislation is also right. active. So go ahead and check out what's up there and we'll be updating it with what made it through crossover and what didn't. And some bills will drop off of there. If you think there are things that should be on there that aren't, there's a link to email there or podcast at lpgeorgia.com. We'll uh, see if it fits into our platform concerns. And if so, we'll post it up there for you. Yep. Um, so the last thing we always talk about are, is upcoming events. I do want to say that um, some of our events have been canceled. So I'll mention that, but um, with all of the social dis- distancing going on, um, I'm not 100% sure if any of these will go. So sure. keep an eye out. If you plan on going, go to the Facebook event and RSVP. So that way they'll let you know if it's not going to be on there, uh, if they're not going to have it. So um, We recommend social distancing at all libertarian events anyway. Oh, wow. That was <laughs> that was cold. Um, so Fayette Coweta, uh sounds like they're still having their Let's Talk About Schools on March 28th. So it's a talk about policy around schools. And that is at 1 p.m. at Lion Creek Brewing Company in Peachtree City. Um, LP Atlanta has canceled their monthly meeting on March 22nd. But we are still having our open hands meal delivery as of this moment um, on March 21st. So the Saturday right before that. Arguably Um, more critical than ever with at-risk populations being asked not to leave their homes. Right. Um, we'll be happy to pitch in and um, get meals to people who need them so that they don't have to go out or people who aren't able to go out. Thanks very much to Chase Oliver for taking point on that yep. chair of LP Atlanta. Great idea. Yep. So if you go to Open Hands Atlanta, um, go to their website and sign up for March 21st, it'll ask you if you're part of an organization. You can tell them you're part of the Libertarian Party of Atlanta. I believe it says Atlanta on there. Um, it doesn't matter if you live in Atlanta or not. That's the organization you're with and sign up there. And you are, uh, what they need is drivers. So someone else from my understanding is running up to the doors. I think it just depends on how many volunteers they have. If we can double up, if we have enough volunteers, then they would prefer that. And if we can't, then we can't. And I did get, since I've signed up for it, I did get an email, uh, probably four, three or four days ago that was basically saying they're like really low on volunteers right now. Sure. So I, I don't know how that's looking. Um, so LP Gwinnett is having their monthly meeting on March 23rd and that's at 7 PM at McRae's Tavern in Lawrenceville. And then LP Habersham is having their meeting on March 28th, 7 PM at Whistletop Brew Company in Cornelia. 
And then this new thing got up um, that Libertarian Party of Georgia is co-hosting with our um, Criminal Justice Reform Partnership um, compatriots. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're co-hosting an advocacy training in, in Canton, Georgia. So it's a little bit out of Atlanta, but it's a, it's a four-hour session. And um, it's all about how to effectively lobby your legislator, essentially. So if you have some issue, it's not, it's not issue-based. And so we're not going to, nobody's going to be pushing any kind of policy positions on you per se, but it's going to be a, here's how to do it. Right. Here are the mechanics of how you get a hold of someone, uh, how you present yourself, how you limit the number of things that you talk about to the most memorable points. Um, Often things that we struggle with as ordinary citizens taking on something that feels um, very formal. Uh, we could do better at um, humanizing our legislators and making sure that our voices are heard and not giving them any undue respect. Right. Yeah. A lot of times these people, you know, you just have to massage their ego a little bit and they'll listen to you. So you got to learn how to do that. Um, That's at 1230 PM at Hickory flat library. And again, we're co-hosting that with a couple of other organizations. So um, kudos to everybody for putting that together. Um, and that is all I have on my agenda. Did you have anything you wanted to add? No. All right. Um, so if you aren't yet, you can follow us on Facebook at the Libertarian Party of Georgia. Um, you can get us on Twitter at LP Georgia. Uh, we're not on Instagram right now. I think we have an account, but we just don't push it. Uh, yeah. we need a kid to do that. You know, we need a youngin. And by kid, I mean somebody in their 20s. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so if anyone's interested, podcast at lpgeorgia.com. Uh, if you have any comments or anything like that, you can always hit up that email. Um, please go and rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher or yeah, really helps whatever. To, um, for us to show up in people's feeds and for people to find the podcast if they're looking for libertarian ideas. really helps us out. It's not um, an ego thing. We don't. We don't mind. But if you say something nice, you know, it will go straight to my head. So it's fine. (laughs) So be warned. Be warned. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Say Uh, something mean to Ryan as long as you give five stars. That doesn't matter. doesn't matter what you say. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I'll take that. Um, But I think that's it. So um, thanks for listening, guys. Wash your hands. You've been listening to the official podcast of the Libertarian Party of Georgia. The theme song for this episode was Metaltania by Kevin MacLeod, released to the public domain through freepd.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate us and leave a review. You can email the show's producers at podcast at lpgeorgia.com. If you're a libertarian in the state of Georgia, don't forget to find your local affiliate at lpgeorgia.com. <laughs>